What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to continue talking about my positional sleepers. So over the last few days I've gone through my running back sleepers, I've talked about some wide receiver sleepers, today I'm going to be going through three quarterback sleepers. So these are players who I just think are being picked too late, either I think they're safe and you know are going kind of towards their floor, or I think they just have a ton of upside and are being underdrafted. So it's going to be three players. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll be uploading daily videos, so stay tuned for all of those. But let's just jump right into it, and we're going to start it off with my guy, Trey Lance. He's been someone I've been hyping up all offseason long. Right now, according to Consensus ADP, he is the QB 13 off the board. So right now, he is not even projected to be a starting quarterback on a fantasy roster. In my opinion, that is absurd, because when we are looking at upside at the quarterback position, there are very few quarterbacks who have the upside of Trey Lance. When you take into account his rushing ability, the weapons around him, all of that, like you're looking at guys like Josh Allen, Herbert in there with his arm, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Like I think those are the players who have a ceiling up there with Trey Lance. But if we're looking at like peak, peak ceiling, it's probably Lamar Jackson and then it's Trey Lance. So I just think there's no reason he should be going here at QB 13, especially when the quarterback position is so, so deep. There are always going to be players you can be churning off the waiver wire. So hypothetically, if Trey Lance is just horrific, he sucks at playing quarterback, he gets benched. You're not losing that on a ton because you're drafting him as the QB 13. Then you can just stream the quarterback 17, quarterback 18 off the waiver wire, potentially the players I'm going to talk about after Trey Lance. But just looking back at the opportunities he had last year, he sat behind Jimmy Garoppolo, but in the two and a half games he operated as the starter, he scored 54.1 fantasy points. Very, very strong production. And then in those two and a half games, Trey Lance had 31 rush attempts. That is an absurd amount of rush attempts and is just a green, green flag heading into this season. If they're going to be running them even like seven times a game, that is fantastic for his fantasy value. We know he's explosive with his legs. He's going to be getting in the end zone with his legs. You're looking at some of the breakout quarterbacks over the last few years, the quarterbacks who are being drafted like in that fringe QB1, QB2 range, the ones who have really hit. Lamar Jackson is MVP year, and then Jalen Hurts last year. You're looking at Jalen Hurts, who finishes the QB6 in points per game. I think a lot of people would argue that, like, Jalen Hurts wasn't that great of a quarterback. He had poor weapons around him, didn't really light it up in terms of his actual performance, but it translated to fantasy football. That's the thing people just cannot kind of, you know, separate. A lot of people just can't accept the fact that Trey Lance doesn't even have to be good in real-life NFL football to produce for fantasy. You're looking at a guy set up just perfectly, right? There have been some concerns in training camp about his accuracy. I don't know. He looked pretty solid in his preseason game. But even if there are concerns, maybe he can't make every throw on the field. I don't know if there's a better roster and coaching staff in the NFL to set a quarterback up for success. If you're looking at a team with a solid offensive line, we know Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive-minded head coach. And then you just look at the weapons around Trey Lance. Some of the best yak monsters in the NFL. You have Debo Samuel, who had 777 yards after the catch last year. That was second in the NFL behind only Cooper Cup. You have George Kittle, who had the second most yards after the catch at the tight end position. You also throw in a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who was kind of struggling last year, but apparently has been balling out at training camp. This is a stacked offense with Trey Lance's rushing upside. He's someone I'm taking behind that tier of like, yeah, you're Josh Allen. Then you have Kyler, Lamar, Herbert, those guys. Then you're looking at like Mahomes and Hurts. 
at least in my rankings. Trey Lance is right behind those guys. I would take Trey Lance over Russell Wilson, over Tom Brady, over Dak Prescott, over Joe Burrow. Some people may disagree with that. You could disagree with that and still be drafting Trey Lance at a great price. I just think, you know, the security of those other players isn't worth it when you're looking at Trey Lance's crazy upside. I would not be surprised heading into 2023, Trey Lance is up there in that Kyler Lamar territory because I think he really can just be a stud this year for fantasy football. Now we're going to switch over to the second quarterback sleeper we have. And this one's going to be more of like a probably later round guy, someone who's going to be on waivers, maybe like a deep starter in a larger league. You're in a 16 team league, 20 team league, whatever it is, but it is going to be Jameis Winston. Right now he's being drafted as the quarterback 22. And I never really thought I would be like a Jameis Winston supporter. Kind of just thought he was brutal at the quarterback position. Kind of thought he was done once Brady came to the Bucks. But he kind of has new life, and I think he can be a solid fantasy football quarterback this year. Last year, Jameis Winston only played in seven games before tearing his ACL. But in those seven games, he was the QB 14 in points per game. He averaged 16.8 points per game. So nothing crazy, but just solid, solid production. That's not going to be winning you weeks, but that's someone you can kind of count on, potentially in a good matchup. You're picking him up off of waivers. Your quarterback gets hurt. Quarterback's on bye, whatever it is. If you take out that game where he tore his ACL, I think he only had like 10 pass attempts, so it wasn't even close to a full game. He'd be averaging 17.9 points per game. So still, not someone who's going to be like, you know, lighten up the stat sheet, winning you weeks, but just a solid performer, close to 18 points per game. But you kind of just have to look at everything that was going on around him. He was putting up those numbers with just no one around him, right? He had Alvin Kamara but he did not have a pass catcher crack 700 yards. The top wide receivers were Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, and Traquan Smith. This offense had nothing going for it. When Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback in his six full games, he averaged 25.2 pass attempts per game. That is a wildly low number. The Seattle Seahawks were the last team in pass attempts per game. They averaged 29.1. So the Saints were not letting Jameis Winston air the ball at all. They were making him play very conservative. It made sense. They had a strong defense. The weapons were not good on offense. But he was averaging 17.9 points per game while throwing 25.2 pass attempts per game. Now you look at this offense, this is a complete 180. You go from an offense with Kamara, Callaway, Harris, and Traquan Smith to an offense with Michael Thomas, who apparently looks good and healthy, Alvin Kamara's back, Chris Olave, stud rookie wide receiver, and Jarvis Landry. Like, this is a complete turnaround. Also, not to mention that, like, Winston was in a quarterback competition with Taysom Hill, like, throughout the preseason. This is his job. He's going to be the guy. I'm really shocked he's going at QB 22. I think you could argue him in that, like, QB 15, QB 16, QB 17 range. I feel like he should be thrown in there. So if you're in a deep league, you're drafting a quarterback too. You know, whatever your settings are, super flex. I think Winston is a really strong option this season. And now on to the third and final quarterback. It is going to be Daniel Jones. He's going off the board as the quarterback 23. And I just feel like, obviously, Daniel Jones has had some disappointing seasons, has definitely not lived up to his draft capital. But if Daniel Jones was going to put together a solid fantasy season, a solid NFL season, I think this year would be his best opportunity. You have Brian Dable coming in as the head coach probably the most competent head coach he's going to have in the NFL, at least so far in his career. The Giants aren't an offense that's going to really blow you away in any particular area. 
They don't have the most stacked weapons. They don't have the best offensive line. But overall, it's just a decent, semi-well-rounded unit. Like, this is an average offensive line, but it's better than what it's been in the past. These weapons are okay. It's better than what it's been in the past, right? You have Saquon Barkley. You've got some weapons. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Wondell Robinson, maybe Sterling Shepard if he's coming back from that Achilles injury. But whatever it is, like, it's not a star-studded unit. But you have a lot of players who can make some plays if things kind of break right, if they're used correctly. So this is just a season where I think things could come together for Daniel Jones. And if you actually look back to 2021, he had a pretty strong start to the season. Through four weeks, he was averaging 23.6 points per game. It kind of looked like he was, you know, figuring it out, having a breakout. But then in week five, like this Giants offense just fell apart. The injuries were brutal. The entire weapons around him just unraveled. You would say Quan Barkley missing four games, but not being the same player coming off of that ankle injury. And he also wasn't the same player in the first two games. He had, remember, coming off the ACL, two rough games at the beginning, put it together for two games, then got injured, missed four games, and then was just not the same guy. Kadarius Toney missed seven games. Sterling Shepard missed 10. When Shepard was in the lineup, he was balling out, but he just could not stay in it. Kenny Galladay missed three games, but was constantly banged up. Honestly, at this point, like, I don't know what's going on with Kenny Galladay. He wasn't great last year. He seems to not be so great so far, like in the training camp footage, all this stuff. You also had Darius Slayton missing four games. So really, Daniel Jones was not given a fair shake last year. Doesn't mean he's going to turn it around this year, but as a late round option, we know he has the ability to use his legs. You're pairing him with Brian Dable, who obviously coached up Josh Allen. Not saying Daniel Jones is anything close to Josh Allen, but when we're looking at play styles, I think they're probably pretty similar quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is obviously like a million levels below Josh Allen, but at least Brian Dable can get a little bit out of him. So he's someone I'm looking at in later rounds, a best ball option, potential waiver wire pickup, you know, if he has a few solid weeks to start off the season. But those are my three quarterback sleepers, Trey Lance, Jameis Winston, and Daniel Jones. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. I'll be finishing these sleepers within the next few days, going through my tight ends. So stay tuned for that, and I'll see you guys in the next one.